Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, yoga seekers. This is Alec Vishal Rubin here to welcome you back to the Yoga Revealed podcast. Have you ever wondered about the lineage of astrology and how it connects to the yoga tradition? Astrology and yoga are best friends. Hear it from one of America's top astrologers, Deborah Silverman. And there is a big design. As Einstein said, God is not playing with dice. This place is well organized. And as an astrologer, I can confidently say to you, in no uncertain terms, there's a design and there's fate and there's people you're going to meet. You will not believe how you'll fall in love and how you'll fall out of love. Listen in as Deborah, Boulder, Colorado favorite, demystifies the tradition of astrology that traces back as far as the stars themselves. Enjoy this cosmic episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast. Namaste, my friends, and welcome back to the Yoga Revealed podcast. This is Alec Vishal Rubin, and I hope you're having a beautiful day wherever you are. Today we're here in beautiful Boulder, Colorado, and I sit across from the one and only Miss Deborah Silverman, Boulder's and I'd say, dare say, America's favorite astrologer. And uh, about, I guess, over a year ago, I had the high opportunity to sit with Deborah and uh, receive an astrology reading, and it was full of insight, intuition, and oh my gosh, it just landed right on my heart. Everything resonated and. Uh, She just has a beautiful way of tapping into the person that is sitting right across from her. And uh, I think that we will have a beautiful conversation regarding yoga and astrology. So, Deborah, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to sit with us and reveal to us your passion. It's my passion. Thank you for inviting me, Alex. Thank you. So for those who maybe haven't heard of you or are too familiar with astrology... Could you give us just a little synopsis of how a yoga was revealed to you in your life and perhaps the stepping stones that took you to doing what you're doing here today? Mm -hmm. First of all, I always tell people that yoga and astrology are best friends. If you write yoga, it ends with an A 
And if you write astrology, it ends with the Y. So it's really one word. Yoga astrology is mm. one word. And it's both are ancient practices that were brought to us from olden times where they were actively choosing to be spiritual. It's not like right now we have this shopper's delight where you can go to every metaphysical shop in the world and every yoga class in the world. Back in the day, there was a very particular science that went to both of these, yoga and to astrology. So when you find a real yoga teacher, you can feel the difference than the the supermarket version. And when you find the real astrologer, you can see the difference of someone who's actually practiced and done it. And I've done astrology for almost 40 years. It's so, wow. it's so crazy to say out loud. <laughs> yoga found me, um, it's a funny story. I found yoga in Los Angeles when my son was, must be 23 years ago. And I was with, in a class with, you may know Steve Ross in LA. Hmm. He turns the music up so loud. He's like the irreverent yogi and he has rap music on. And it's this extreme yoga that I absolutely fell in love with. But I was a dancer in my early life. My first degree was in dance, and in dance, I was actually a dance therapist. Mm. So I was doing a double track of dance and psychology. So I was a dancer and took this yoga class where the music was so loud and it was so sweaty and it was so fun. This was back in the 90s. And I fell madly in love. I think I had kind of a crush on him, which I think everyone <laughs> in the room did, but his the level of his energetics. So yoga came to me by a, a sort of an unusual doorway because after that, nothing. there was no one else putting rap music on doing yoga. It's kind of confusing because I loved his class. And it was honestly more about the charisma and the chi than it was about the practice of yoga that I came mm. later to find out, where there really was a science to the postures and to the breathing and to there was a whole depth. But what we found was his charisma, Hmm. And I was super responsive to that. So that was big. And I did it like every day. I, I realized I was addicted. I, I got captured hmm. as a dancer to this energetic exchange. And then fast forward, I moved to Boulder, I guess about 12 years ago. And I went to a class where, with one of my favorite teachers here, Trista, that I fell madly in love with. And I took that first class and I realized, oh, this is a completely different conversation. This is, look, she's telling us to go a little slower and the music's kind of soft. And, and the next thing I knew, I found that yoga, especially through her eyes, but then through all of the windows. And I've never been a practitioner as far as yoga is concerned in the depths of it, because I know now the wide range of the yoga teachers. But I have become, and I was even then, slightly addicted to the endorphins, to the clarity, to the movement in my body, to the lifestyle. And then all the yogis I met looked just like me, so to speak. Like we had the similar values around eating in our bodies and our thought process and so I came to find out there's levels of yoga and um, that's also true with astrology there's beginners and there's super advanced and because I've been a practitioner particularly of astrology for 40 years and honestly I've been doing yoga for it's since my son so it's 20 some years but I haven't become, I would not say knowing the difference between a refined yogi, and I've had the privilege, Sean Korn is on my website, I've had lots of yogis, I was the keynote this year at the Hanuman Festival, mm. so I've had a wide exposure to yogis, so I know what I don't know, which mm. limits my confidence in saying that I'm a yogi, because I know what I'm not, but I'm certainly an astrologer. That is where I feel very confident, having done it every day for 40 years. So would you consider yourself a yoga teacher? No, I would say I'm a practitioner. I, I love yoga as the practice of refining, and you know, here I am, 60 years old, refining my body, which has really mm. served me, both as a dancer and as a yogi, to realize that I don't think people, when I went to my high school reunion recently, which was 40 years of high school reunion, and I looked around the room and everyone looked like someone different, like they had the name tags on, luckily, because I couldn't recognize them, but they all kept saying to me, you look exactly the same, and I wanted to say, well, it's yoga, and it's my diet, and it's my thought process, because they all wanted to know, like, why have you not aged? And I'm convinced that since I was in my 20s, 
<clears throat> every day I've done a spiritual practice of some sort, whether it was meditating or yoga or exercising in some way. That to me is a spiritual practice, mm. making mm. sure that my body is constantly in generation of energy and that I'm not passive or sliding into comfort or getting lazy. And mm. that's really what I think the aging process is, is there's a certain thing that gravity does. Mm. It gets it harder and harder to get up <laughs> and you get more and more um, wrinkles and it starts to go. Sh but it's not, it doesn't have to be that way. And that's mm. what yoga, certainly yoga, has given me the gift of longevity mm. and youthfulness. And it's simple. Mm. Move energy through your body and be consistent. Mm. If I had one directive that I've learned from both my practices, a yogi less professional, astrologer severely professional, it's consistency. Yeah. That if you do something regularly, even when you don't want to do it, as the years compound and grow, you start to say, wow, I can still do a handstand. Mm. Oh, look, I can still look at a chart. It's gotten even easier for me now to look at a chart and go kerplunk. I got this. Wow. Whereas when I started, it took hours to prepare a chart. <laughs> Wow, you know, two two things arise, two comments. One is, I had uh, just a few days ago read um, a fray, uh, an excerpt on Dharma. You know, I've always related to Dharma as uh, the 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 soul's path and you know purpose revealing itself. And I love this short sentence. It said, "Dharma, awakening spiritual discipline." And uh, as you were just commenting, I was like, "Ah, oh, so beautiful!" Because you're living it. your Dharma, and it's so clear, and it's so abundant, and it's very inspiring thank you thank, thank you. you and that's what's come you know i have now every month there's over three hundred thousand people that are watching my videos it's so craziest thing and my funny videos i don't know if you've seen them yeah, yeah. they're up to like four or five million so i i see the inspiration i never thought of myself as an inspiration i was just doing my dharma Hmm. I think that's the thing that for young people to know that you may think that going to yoga is just kind of like you're doing it because you should or because you want to. If you're going on a hot spell or then it goes quiet, you don't want to do it again, then you get excited again. The more consistent that people can be to say, I am committed spiritually to showing up. And when you get lazy, when you feel yourself not want to do it, you pull up your bootstraps and you say, listen, this is my dharma. I'm here in service to that which created me. So I don't really get a vote. If I remember who my boss is, if I remember I'm here on a purpose, and Dharma is a beautiful word, in service, mm. this is, you know, I find Earth a very strange place. I don't really like it as much. Some people really love it here. I find it mean, and mm. I find it um, heavy. Like, I liked being out it's of body. dense. Yeah, very, very dense. However, what I've discovered is if you do a conscious remembrance that I came here with a purpose... And I'm in service to that which created me. Then I get up in the morning going, okay, how can I help you guys? Like, I'm a really good employee. And that's what you got to ask yourself. How are you in relationship to that which created you? Are you devoted? Are you in service? Are you mad? Are you resistant? Are you mm. pissed they gave you this family and that body? And so it's a real astrological question of what did you sign up for? What was the promise you made? And are you fulfilling it? Mm. And then it's easy to do the discipline. Dharma becomes a beautiful word. Mm. But if it's not in service to the creator, this place is heavy. Yeah. That's so in correlation with uh, the speech that you and I both heard last night at the Boulder Theater with Trevor Hall and Nako Bear playing. And wow. They're both, hey. both clients of mine. Amazing. That's so special. And um, I forget her name, who was speaking online. What? She's a famous actress. I don't know her Shay name. Shailene, I believe. Very good, yes. Yes. And, you know, at the very end, she was like, one question. Do you, yourself, God, and your heart, are you willing and are you ready to change? Is that not so much in correlation exactly. with 
I would take it to, are you willing and ready to serve? Like, serve. If you wake up in the morning and just ask that, this is what I've been doing since I was 20 years old. How can I be of service today? Like, who can I give to? And as soon as that attitude's in place, because there, there's joy in that. Mm. I always wanted to be a waitress. Like, you tell me what you want to eat. I'll go get it and I'll bring it back and then you give me a tip at the end. But I never had time because I was so busy being an astrologer. <laughs> but the idea of being able to say, let me be of service to you. That's a beautiful question she's asked. What can I do today to be a, to change the story or be of service to this planet? It's such a simple question. Mm. It's so simple. It's, it's almost like, that's it? Mm. Let's dive into astrology. You know, What is it about astrology that is perhaps important for the the yogi to be observant of god it's so important so think that yoga is an outer expression you're in the mirror you're in your body you're looking at your form you're taking care of the physical astrology is the inner world like what's the nature of your soul what did you what are you feeling what's the nature of your thought process how are you dealing with your dharma so yoga is a physical practice on a consistent basis to refine this temple Astrology is the answer to what is this temple here doing again? Like, what was my assignment? Uh, what's my funny personality? It's so weird. How do I make peace with this crazy personality that's bugging me? And then once those answers are in place, like, oh, you're in Aries. Of course I'm energetic. Of course I push people around. I'm so sorry. It's just me being me. There's this humor that comes in. I call it the observer. You observe yourself. You think it's kind of cute. We think it's kind of cute. And there's compassion. So astrology, yoga is more about passion, getting your body, your vehicle, this temple, well-oiled. So when the energy needs to move through you, you're all ready. I see it in my good friend Sting, who I just got to see last week. He's done yoga his whole, he's a client of mine for many, many years, mm. and, um, and endorsed my book and did a video for me. We're good friends. Mm. I see in him, I really saw in him the yogi. He practiced yoga for years all the time. And that practice allows his vehicle to be this open channel for passion. Astrology distinct, distinguishes what is the nature of his voice? Who is he singing to? What is his message? So I get to give people the memory, which they usually remember anyway, of where are the biggest moments, I can remember your session, it's funny how I remember it, what are the biggest moments in this life where you got aha, or woken up, or shocked? And it's usually an astrological moment. It's usually determined by these certain moments when the planets are in alignment and they give you a big frying pan or a slap and then you go oh my god and then you the astrologer is supposed to say here's what the teaching was by the way so astrology is the internal and yoga is the external and you can't live here without that duality for those who of our listeners who maybe have never had a relationship with astrology you know if they're not already i think they would be but if you're not already if they're not already somewhat inspired to be like oh i kind of want to learn a little more about myself and like awakening to this path what would you say to them to kind of like first steps kickstart and jumpstart some uh, gears to move forward and take some initiative to search into their own astrology so first you don't have to believe in it and by the way the millennials really do i mean the, the population of your age group believing in astrology is so different than what happened when i grew up so there's been a shift because huh. we're much more open now mm. when you think about yoga when it came to america and we were all like, what are they doing? Those are the weirdest positions. And it looks like some you know, Indian guy with a funny little outfit on. And now it's an industry of billions. The same will be true of astrology. And my job this lifetime is to bring astrology to the masses. So I am teaching a school. I have a school now where hundreds are going through it. And it is so much fun to watch somebody who knows who, just the question you're asking. They know nothing. 
They take a six-week course online. They're in a group of 10 people, only 10 people with one mentor, and they're using their chart on a screen on the internet where you look at your chart and you learn for an hour and a half once a week your particular qualities. Yeah, it's the and the people are going crazy because they're it's all about you. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm kind of like a bad saleswoman because I'm using your ego, better known as astrology, to tell you about your soul. But it's just a good little secret. Like come and learn about yourself and the next thing you know you're asking these deep questions like about why yourself. am I here? So the answer to your question how you enter astrology is, would I love you to take my class? Yes. Um, but you can go online. It's as simple as this. You go online and you go to astro.com. It's a free site. And you click on free horoscopes and you put your birth date and time in. Up comes your chart. Hmm. It's going to look like Greek Egyptian hieroglyphics because that's what it is. It's just these funny little symbols in a circle. It's literally astronomy. Astrology is a picture of the sky at the moment of your birth. So they need to know the longitude and latitude, the time, and the day you were born. And they literally just take a photograph of the heavens. They flatten the sky out. And they tell you where the sun was rising and the moon was setting. And the moon was in Cancer and the sun was in Capricorn. It's just, it's as simple as that. Now, the interpretation is the art. And that's where you can go online. There's a wonderful series of astrologers besides me who are all online giving out free information. So start with, like, if you know you're in Aries and your moon's in Gemini, <clears throat> you know we're opposite. I'm a Gemini with moon in Aries. <laughs> really? Um, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and look at us. We're both two little energetic bunnies that kind yeah. of drive everybody crazy. Yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> but if you know that simple information, you go online, you put in, what does it mean to be sun in Aries, moon in Gemini? And honestly, Google is my new best friend when it comes to astrology. So as a beginner, <clears throat> just let yourself go um, surf. And you're going to read stuff and go, oh, my God. And, of course, my funny videos. Those are the easiest. They're hilarious. <clears throat> and they're a really easy way for people to, like, if you know you're an Aries, you put it on the YouTube opening, Deborah Silverman, Aries. And up comes this five-minute video. I call it public schizophrenia because I have 12 different personality types that I act out that for some reason. And, you know, when I did them, I was so embarrassed because I, I it's hard to watch yourself. So I put them in a drawer for five years thinking they were really bad. Bells are going off to tell it's true. <laughs> and then and then I took them out of the drawer and I put them onto um, YouTube and they went viral. And wow. I was so embarrassed because I looked crazy. To me, I look crazy. <laughs> That's why I put them in the drawer because I was so my ego was going crazy. Like nobody can see me acting like this. And next thing I knew, I found that the public was starving to understand their personality types. So that's the answer. Just begin by going on YouTube, yeah. going on and Googling. Um, take the astrology class. Mine happens to be a really easy way. It's like for people that are, I, t I say it's a sixth grade level. Like if you're a sixth grader and you wanted to learn about the planets, but it goes way deeper than that. Yeah. Very quickly. Mm. So let's see a few things arise. Uh, and I don't even know how to phrase it. What is it when we're born and the planets are in the certain direct, in, in the certain uh, longitude Position. and latitude positions, what allows that to define who I am, who our listener is, who you are. Why is that? When the sun's right here, you're whatever, Sagittarius. I, I don't know. I, I'm not educated. Well, it's, Does a, that resonate? It's, it's a very important question, and it's very abstract, and you'd have to be on some kind of drug to get the answer because <laughs> logically it makes no sense. It makes no sense. The only way we can describe it is the moon has this huge effect on our tides, and the farmer almanac can describe when the tides go in and go out by the moon's influence. So we are all water, and the moon's influencing us by our movements as far as our moodiness. We can tell, like, we're in a full moon, the energy increases. 
We're in a new moon, the energy goes in. And it's very predictable. It's consistent. So the only description I can say is if the moon is having an electromagnetic field onto our water on the Earth, and that planet is so far away, they say that the other planets are equally having influences. Now, I tell everyone, you don't have to believe in this shit because it's really weird. But you can try it. And what I found after almost 40 years, we're on my 39th year, it always works. Mm. Like you are such an Aries. And there's no, it's just embarrassing. Like why are we, why are we so affected by it? That's the part where there's no free will. And the answer to your question is it's a very magical process. And the scientific explanation is not to be accepted by the left brain. But the right brain, which is why I suggested drugs or altered states, you start to feel the matrix and you feel the design. And suddenly there's this incredible download of, I think of Terrence McKenna, who's also a friend of mine, who um, when he downloaded information when he was in an altered state, it was truths. But you have to suspend your commitment to the left brain. And that's hard for our society. We're just making the transition hmm. to the female right brain being equally valuable to the left brain. So you're asking a left brain question, but the answer is right brain, and they don't get along. So I don't know how to explain. Why do the planets do affect us? We probably in the future will have a, a very clear answer of what the magnetic force fields are affecting and how it works. But at this moment, it's why we have such a hard time believing in it because yeah. the mind goes, huh? And I understand. I do the same, but it's been, I came as a skeptic and there is not a session. You know, I had a radio show for the last five years. I just stopped because the book came out. But that was where I really started to believe in it. I couldn't see the person. I would start describing them like, "Is your are your drawers a mess, or are you someone that leaves things everywhere, or are you someone that makes lists and then you make?" They were like, and everyone would say, and that's when I knew, whoa, this is so consistent. Every call without me seeing them, I was so accurate, and that radio show became so popular because I started to validate that you don't have to believe in it; you just need to have an experience of it, mm. and that will help. You had said, um, "There's no control of your willpower." your will like your own free choice can say a little more about that the only choice you have because the color of your hair and the parents that you got and the body type that you have and the dogs that you were given and the girlfriends you're going to have and the ones that leave you those are written Hmm. the variable is between your ears you can choose at any moment to interrupt life's call and learn lessons and therefore change life's call so we have all the power in the world by our choice but not by circumstance. You didn't get a vote about your mom and dad. People say you chose your parents. I think that's silly. I, it's like, oh yeah, I was in this, I was sitting there in this office and they showed me pictures. That's <laughs> that's one of those new age things that just bugs me. But the short answer is you were assigned your parents and your soul. And there is a big design, as Einstein said. God is not playing with dice. This place is well organized. And as an astrologer, I can confidently say to you, in no uncertain terms, there's a design and there's fate. And there's people you're going to meet, you will not believe how you'll fall in love and how you'll fall out of love. And you'll be like, what? And those circumstances, then your free will button is, will you gracefully exit? Will you learn a lesson from that person? Mm. Will you keep your, is the karma going to be clear so when it's over, you can turn around at the end of the, I always tell people at the end of this life, when you finish, you want to make sure that everyone behind you has been completed so that the karma's clean. Because it's, that's where we really have a problem. We leave things unfinished behind. And those are circumstances you didn't get a vote on. Mm-hmm. You didn't get to choose your first girlfriend that broke your heart. You were irresistibly magnetic. And I always say Cupid has bad eyesight. She just aims those arrows, poof. You fall in love with the wrong person. Next thing you know, old Jed's a millionaire. You're like, what happened? And now here's the free will button. What will I do with this love affair mm-hmm. if she's married and I'm in love with her? And now how will I adjust my free will button? 
because that's the only thing you have is between your ears. It's not circumstances. And people say to me, oh, I make such bad choices. I'm like, no, you have an assignment to see if you can update what you've been given, but you didn't choose that goofball. And everyone turns into a goofball at the end of a relationship anyway. Mm. Have you noticed? We are so bad at endings down here. Hmm. So goofy. Wow. Lots That's to think a, about. Yeah, lots to think about. Lots to think about, indeed. Wow, thank you for just setting that framework and that stage of... Uh... It lets you off the hook. That level of responsibility we carry in shame, that we have the wrong partner, we have the wrong body, we're not taking care of ourselves, and why am I an addictive personality type, and why am I so shy? It lets you off the hook. It's not your fault. Those were assignments. And now the question between your two ears, the brain power, is what will I do? How will we be? How will I accept this limitation or this personality trait? Or how will I accept that my partner was goofy to me and I was goofy to him? And how can I find peace? It takes time, but all of us have to answer the question. Is my heart open? And what's the nature of my karma? And you can tell very quickly by looking at your life. So, you know, clients call me. I just had a client recently, and she was in this stupid relationship, and she was paying for everything, and everything was going south. And I was like, listen, don't blame your partner for any of this. This is your karma. You do not have boundaries. Now, you want to blame that person for taking your money when you gave it to them because you were so... Take responsibility. Let them off the hook. But most of all, stop (coughs) shaming yourself. How quickly can I help you get out of here with kindness and compassion and say you're sorry. Mm. I gave you my money and now I'm mad at you. How about that? If everybody took responsibility for their own karma, oh my God. So much dignity needs to be... In half an hour, the dignity of the human condition. We'd be so respectful to each other. Mm. But we're so goofy. So it's okay. We're evolving and astrology is just coming into the public's eye. It was in Egypt and it was a major doorway for all the ancient cultures. And now it got lost and here it is coming back like in the next half an hour. Astrology's gonna get popular again, watch. It's already happening. Would you say the next half hour, you'd be like a bigger timeline. Yeah. Because like, I, well, we've been here for like three seconds. <laughs> yeah, bells are going. Bells are there. ringing, it's yeah, so exciting. Well, it's time. <laughs> time in astrology is a very grand scheme. Like think about yeah. the nature of time. So, so in the bigger picture, in the very recent moments, astrology's finding her way back to us. We're becoming open-minded. We're not in the limited old-school thought that your grandfather or my grandmother had, like astrology. Now they're like, what do you mean? Like this podcast today. People are listening because they really are starving for the truth about the magical world. Mm. And yoga is such a great doorway because it opens up your chakras. Mm. Instead of being sh- sitting down and being all shriveled up and s- watching television and Staying inside of your old broken records, you walk, you put the music on and you sit in meditation and the channel's open. The next thing you know, spirit's present with you and you're like, why would I limit my mind? Mm. It's so much nicer than the old school of mm. be normal. It's a setting on a dryer. Good luck with that. What have been a few um, chapters in your life or big uh, imprints that have opened your heart and allowed you to Yeah, it's a great share. question. In astrology, there was a moment in my chart, and I didn't really see it coming, when I met Sting. I had a crazy encounter with him, the first reading we ever did. This was, we just figured it out the other day. It was nine years ago. Mm. And we had a first reading, and I did something really unusual I'd never done before. In the middle of the reading, I finished the reading, a classically normal reading. He went to the bathroom. When he came back, I said, I have the funniest idea. I've never done it since or before. I said, let's trade seats. I'm going to be Sting, and you're going to be Deborah." 
So he sat down with my computer, put my little glasses on. He sat and pretended he was me. And we were in his dressing room with his Moroccan rug, you know, all this beautiful <coughs> incense and the candles, the whole thing. And I pretended I was him. And I sat up and I could feel the energy of my body of being sting. And, he, and so he started asking me questions about himself. And I knew all the answers. Like I knew what was going on with the band he was in. And I knew what was going on with his kids. And I didn't know any, I didn't even know. I mean, really, I didn't know anything. And because the answers were so specific, we finished the conversation. I, and finally I said to him, can we change seats? This is not easy sitting here. He goes, you don't like being me. And I was like, no, there's way too much energy moving through my body. So we changed seats. And then at the end of that concert, he called me up. And he said, um, it was because I went to see him. I, I went to give him the reading where he was performing. It was actually in Denver. And I watched the performance. And then it was midnight. I was sitting with a friend uh, having a drink. And the phone rang. And he said, that was the most interesting conversation I've had in years. What do we do next? And I was like, well, the next thing you do is you have me meet your wife. And they flew me to L.A. And I became the, I was on tour with them, with the police, for a year and a half. And that was a big turning point for me. I became their mediator. Because what happened in that session was I realized that the band wasn't getting along. I didn't even know about the band. But I channeled this information, and it was so accurate. And then he said, would you help? So I traveled with them and tried to keep the peace. And it was an amazing job. And it, oh, it changed my life. That was a turn. And it was astrologically, if I, I saw something coming, but I could never have seen the depth or the size, the magnitude of meeting him and hanging with him. And it changed the nature. It's the truth is, I always say, I was the same astrologer the day before, but as soon as Sting endorsed me, it changed mm. the whole matrix. It changed the so whole. So that's, that's huge, A. Now, when you see that in your chart, say you've seen someone, uh, just a new person comes into your life, and they want to receive the wisdom of their chart, and you see this thing a that's a marker that's like, oh, wow, this is like uh, uh, a beautiful flag that's showing up, but how can you discern this is what it looks like, well, or this is what it that's, doesn't that's, look like? So I'm not a psychic, but I can definitely see when times get rough, like with you, with your physical body. So so Geminis are having a hard time right now, physically, because Saturn's opposite. It's, it's a detail. But I can definitely see, it happened to me too, I can definitely see when there are eras where things get really easy, and when there are areas where things get really difficult. And it's so good to be forewarned. And, and I have a whole host of astrologers now, students, who have been trained by me that are doing really well. I'm so proud. I feel like the proud mama bear. Because they're giving instructions to people to provide them with understanding of, uh-oh, you know, feast or famine. And we all know, if you look at your life, you have a year where you're like, God, this was hard. Mm. And then you have a year in life, you're like, oh, I just fell in love. It was the best year of my life. Mm -hmm. Or I just had a baby. And usually, here's a clue. At tw How old are you? I'm 25. At 28 to 30, in that window, is the biggest turning point. Any of you that think about what happened in your 29th year, it's 99% consistent that destiny will show up in that year. Mm. And I do it every session that I do. That's the first question I ask. Because they'll tell me, oh, that was the year I got married, or that was the year I got divorced, or that was the year that I changed my job. Or So there are markers. There are distinct and consistent. This is what made me believe in astrology. And Saturn return is that's what that's called. There's something called Jupiter return. There's lots of indicators. And that one that happened with Sting was uh, much too technical to talk about. But I saw it, and I had no clue that that encounter would be a life changer. Mm. And what a gift he's been. He's been such a, he's mm. such a, he's a yogi. Wow. So... For those who are maybe at my age or years before, is there anything that we can well, do? Well, 24. Did you not last year have a big opening? 24 is usually... It's huge. 
is a travel year where people open up the doors and they really feel themselves. 21 is not a good year. That's like the most difficult. It's a hard this, year. That's when everything goes off. So that's a good clue. Like you get to say to someone, don't worry. When you're 21, things get like really rocky. Something goes wrong or you... And then 24, it's like, oh, the wind just got in my sails. And then you lead up to 27, 28. By 29, you're like, oh my God, destiny. And you don't have to worry because this is the thing about fate. You, the mind thinks it's in control. Like my good friend that said, my, my favorite Zen teacher, we were in the hot tub one night here mm. and silence for the longest time. And finally I said to him, isn't it funny that we spend our whole life breathing? Like the minute you get into the minute you leave, all you do is breathe. And he said, yeah, the funny part is your ego thinks it's breathing. I was like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> like it's not, we're not, we're being breathed. The ego, the mind thinks it's in control. So when Saturn return comes, your mind's going to think it's preparing. You couldn't prepare for that. Saturn has your destiny. And it's going to present you with a series of options. And you, if you resist, it gets difficult. If you surrender, it's easier. But nonetheless, those circumstances will appear. And some people, it's hard. They have hard karma where things break and they get heartbroken over and over again to see if they can find peace. And for some people, they get the, the easy street. And you hear those stories, you're like, you met your partner at how old? And you had kids at how old? And you made your millions at how old? And so that's just a karmic indicator that in some past life they, they did some path that led them into here. But you can't tell the karmic influence until you're about 29. That's when you first see what is karma saying to you. Do they like me or do they not like me? And if they don't like you, you can make friends with karma by humility, by taking the hardships of this life and keeping your heart open no matter what. And that's not easy. It's a nice theory. But we all know when we go through rough patches, you're like pissed off at God and rough, rough. I don't want to play. It. Would I'm not you, doing yoga. Would you have agreement with that? The the the, the phrase or term or uh, astrological happening of Saturn's return is a bit loaded. In well, people say they get people. Yeah, they, they always refer to it as negative. I know it's not true. Mine was my first Saturn return was when my first radio show started. I was living in Vancouver, the biggest radio show. It called me out of the blue. It was completely random. I did one show. They were so impressed. It became the next two years. I was on the n number one talk show, and I could never have predicted that. And I was so scared because everyone kept saying Saturn return. That was the entrance of my professional career. So really positive. Yeah, I did eight sessions a day. I became well known in Vancouver. So you have no idea, but don't be afraid. What's more important is how do you deal with life asking you to change? That's the point you made with this yeah. young woman. Um, when life comes in and gives you a curveball, can you get on your knees? Can you go to the t to the mat and say, "I surrender"? That's why I love Shavasana. Like lie down, let go, and know that you're not in control. Only free will you have is what goes on between your ears. What you decide is truth. Because you can change or make or break a story and make it miserable or make it delightful with a thought. I, I mean, it sounds so dippy, but it's so true. Mm. What's your relationship to surrender? You know, that's a sexual question. Just kidding. <laughs> it's my favorite thing in life. I think part of my dilemma is I prefer to be out of control. It's not a good thing to say, but I'm a Gemini. And I like when life has her way with me and there's a surprise factor and I'm not directing it. Now that's unusual and it's because I trust life so much. I've come to learn and I think I came with a old soul. Was it always like that? Even because I had such a horrible childhood. I had a really, mm. really traumatic dramatic, mm. scary, 
my dad was in the Jewish mafia and there just there was no safety. So I came to find out that I wasn't in control and I couldn't make things not happen the way they did, but I could keep my heart open. And I did therapy, and I stayed in the process, and I did my spiritual practices, and I learned meditation really young. And so I, I made a very conscious effort to accept this place. And that's a decision. I mean, it's not, it's really, you can see the age of a soul by the conversations they have. Like, look at you, how deeply you ponder, and how committed you are to your practice, and mm. how you want to bring yoga to the masses, and you're mm. doing, that's a sign of someone that wants to serve mm. from their heart. Mm. It's very different than someone that's behind a table in a little computer room doing buttons who are trying to make money and get their nice car, but are they asking, is there conversation about the nature of this reality and why are we here and how can I help and why are we sound asleep in the middle of the movie and can I be an alarm clock? Is there anything I can do to serve and give you some cold ice water to wake you up? I was born the year of the cock-a-doodle-doo. Wake up, I say... Mm. And it's a wonderful exercise. So I think the, what I sense with you, Alex, and this audience is there is a massive hunger. There's like a, like a starvation almost going on in our psyches where we want to know what can we do. This is so scary, this election. I mean, it's gone so low. And the evolution of consciousness is slipping into this. However, like last night, there's this other team who are these delightful, kind, loving beings. They were in that theater. It was in the music. Trevor Mm. Hall, he sings, and you're like, oh, that's right. He is an incarnation, a reincarnated version of a meditator who took his music and made it contemporary. We should be chanting with him. But we are chanting with him. But he turns the atmosphere of the room into this melodic, you know, kind of a honing, chanting, toning sound that makes you go, me too. Mm. And the next thing you know, your heart's open. Because yeah. he's... Wow. How, and same thing with Nako. Yeah. He speaks these words. You're like, thank you. So, And there's lots of them, that wonderful um, guardians. Earth guardians. I love those kids. But that's what's happening. So as bad as it is, and it's bad, and they are the majority... It doesn't take a lot to turn the tables. In the name of consciousness, they say that you know there's a 5% of us is conscious in our body. Your mind's only operating at 5%. And most of your body's on automatic. It's unconscious. It's following the directive of your nervous system. But only 5% choosing to listen to a yoga pod or listen to a yoga Comcast or go ahead do. Most of your body's going, I'm on automatic. I don't really care. I'm going to eat shit food and be quiet. And there's this little percent going, no, 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 you guys, come with me. So it doesn't take that much. It takes 5% of us to be able to say, listen, we're awake, we're kind, we care, come this way. And if we can be attractive enough and you know, radiant enough and by our own example, vibrationally changing the frequency, you're doing it small, one by one, each being who can um, operate with joy and stay positive in the middle of this bad movie and be humble and say, I'm so sorry. I love when I say to someone, how are you? And they say, terrible. Because for me, it's like, oh, good, now we can have a real conversation. Mm-hmm. And then my job is to, first to hear them, not to do that positive, sh- I can't stand that positive, spiritual, spiritual, I call it. Like, everything's perfect. And now, no, you're miserable, and I can see you're in pain. And I'm going to sit here and be with you and match it. And then I'm going to offer a blessing and say, let this be healed. So you, we don't take pain away from people by doing spiritual, spiritual stuff all day with the yogis that are all... We honestly take the pain 
and sit with it like they you could feel in that room last night there's so much compassion that was so beautiful especially you can hear it in um trevor's music there's like a low-grade sadness that turns into beauty that turns into consciousness that makes you want to go do your yoga practice i feel so much acceptance and contentment exactly and ecstasy because in that is beauty that's shavasana i'm out of control you asked about surrender i give up i let god's will be had even though my mind is going excuse me uh, can we talk? I always pretend there's a 1-800 number I could call to God and go, first of all, what is wrong with people? What were you thinking? Why did you make us so divisive in two parts of our brain? Why couldn't we just be obedient and respectful and kind and share and know how to say goodbye when it's over, have a little yeah. you know, shelf life? Like, this relationship's going to last this long. And when it's over, you will kiss just the way you did when you started. Would that be the coolest thing? And then you would look at your ex who you really fell in love with at the beginning, and at the end, and you'd say, I'm so sorry, I'm operating with, I'll be right back, because I saw the shelf life, I just didn't want to admit it. Mm. That resonates. In the, <laughs> in the future, sure. in the future, we will reach a point mm. where this matrix, this, this um, operating system will change. We will not continue to be mean to each other, but we are peaking right now, and it's really sad. And it has to be blessed. So we have to feel the sadness, not deny it, this is what astrology is about. You learn the nature of your character, you see the challenges, and then you rise up to the observer. You know, that's what an astrologer does. You stand way up and out. You look back at the human condition from an astrologer's point of view. You're out in the heavens looking back, going, wow, that being is so interesting. Look how they're dealing. Wow, their unconscious just tripped them up. But with a small little nudge, I can say to them, be nice. That was predictable. You were supposed to make a mistake to wake up. Don't feel bad. And as soon as that compassion's in the story, we all feel so much better. It's just so much of uh, allowing and observing the process. That's all it is. Allowing and observing the process with no judgments. The observer in my book is all about this. You just turn, this is what astrology is. You know your fire. So we can expect when Alex is around, something's going to happen. He can't not light the fire and burn something for good or for bad. We're either going to be burned but too close or just in the right distance, but somehow you're going to create a reaction in us. And then you get to laugh and find your observer and go, God, I do that all the time. All the time. And then there's a compassion. Like, we're so glad you're doing that, Alex. Without your matrix, without your um, strand in the tapestry, we'd be missing this vibrant color of red that you brought as compared to your sister who's sitting in the corner in her little, you know, video games or reading her books or wanting no one to come over and being so quiet and gentle and cooking in her kitchen, that's water. And we let her celebrate that she wants to stay home and play video. It's okay. Mm. But until we accept these distinctions of the personality types, we just keep arguing with ourselves. Is it a surprise that we keep arguing on the outside mm. when all we do is argue on the inside? Mm. Like I watch the Republicans and Democrats and all I see are two halves of our brain. I see the argument that goes on between logic and intuition. I see the argument that goes on between the male, who's so dictating and so old school, and the female who wants nothing more than to share and be nice. And that duality is driving us crazy. So how do we change that political situation? Inside of yourself, you start to make peace and honesty about your personality type. Yep, I have one part of me who wants to stay home. And I have one part of me that loves to go out and party. And they are not at odds. They're just different. 
and I have this position called the observer where I'm looking at my chart or looking at my personality going, oh, that's why I do that. Mm. And as soon as the awareness is on and it's not judgmental, you decide, you know what, I do want to stay home. I don't feel bad about it. Or I'm definitely dressing up tonight. I'm going, I don't, you get the free will button because your awareness is on. Conviction. Conviction and acceptance. But if you're in the ping pong game and you feel all the personality traits and you're confused, you have to go do yoga to get yourself calm. And then in Shavasana, you rest for a minute. You go, oh, this is what it's supposed to feel like. That's why yoga is so important. You got to have a measuring stick, a memory of what it feels like to when your body's like, oh, I feel so much better. So in that, that, that uh, conversation of indecisiveness, when it arises and it's like, yes, oh, it's like, yes. Then you're like, oh, shit, wait a minute, hold on, like, I don't know, but yeah, totally. And just like, hell no. Right, ping pong. What can we do for ourselves? You turn your observer on and you first just step up and step back and find you got to smile. As soon as you're smiling, which is what you're doing, you go, God, I am such an indecisive character. You don't judge that, you just name it. I am an, because you're, that's error. That's Moon and Gemini. I'm an error person. I can't decide on which partner to be with. I see them, all the girls are pretty or all the men are attractive. I don't know which one to do. So you turn your observer and you go, yep, I have a little bit of a flirt and I'm a little bad. Now we're going to take it from bad to I'm a little bit curious. We take out the judgment words. I am fascinated by my own inability to make a decision. Once that converse, and you talk to people from your observer's point of view, like I can't make a decision. And then what typical person like that would do is ask 3,000 people what to do and then get more confused. The answer to, to in astrology to error, that's an error element, indecisiveness, is you let your body be the gauge and you have to learn to stop and listen to your tummy. Now that's not easy, but you're practicing it. And then you have to stick to it. I tell people that are indecisive, here's the short answer, go get a coin, flip it, but every time it gives you the decision, you can't argue. Do not, you, get, you don't get to flip the coin. You can do it once and most you do two out of three. But once, I made this decision because I've got lots of error, that I will not argue with the coin. So if you, that's the only way I could come to peace because I know I am super indecisive. Libra rising, sun in Gemini, I can talk myself in and out of the box. I don't want to have to figure out what restaurant to go to. So I either say, if I can't decide, and then I realize I knew what I wanted. But that's just a game we play, and it's called endearing. Like, I know I'm a little indecisive, and I know I'm a little bit of an airhead. And I put my awareness on, and I decide that either I'm going to fix it and get my directive from someone who's going to help me make the decision, or stop complaining about it, because mm. that doesn't end. Mm. The air Flip a coin. That's what I do for air people. I think that's a great... And you got to stick to it, though. you got to mean yeah. it. You, and so the, here it is all years later. Everyone knows. Dab, go flip the coin. Because I won't argue with it. Wow. Because otherwise, unless it's like you're deciding about a love, and you can't decide, then you go seek counsel from someone who's super straight and blunt. Because typical air people, that's a conversation about air you're describing. They can't decide without having someone really hear them. They've got to do the pros and the they got to talk. Water people, it's not indecisive. Their issue is they're so sensitive, they don't want to be around people. Mm. They have a tendency to be reclusive, and they feel guilty about it. Mm. And with those people, you want to say to them, you know what, you're allowed to be alone. It's good to be quiet. Don't feel, you get guilt-free cards. And the earth people are all preoccupied with money and security, and they're all about perfection, and they never feel like they're doing enough, mm. and they're not good enough. And for them, we say, stop complaining. Mm and enjoy your work because you want to clean and you want to fix and you yeah. want but stop complaining and the fire people which is you is they're the ones that get in trouble all the time they're annoying and they're loud and they're offensive and they can't stop and they burn and so that big issue for them is learning how to stop if they mm -hmm. could just learn one muscle 
called paws. They're free. But mm. when the fire person doesn't have paws, that's dangerous. I think that, uh, at least in my own experience in the last two years, the, the deep devotion to yoga and practicing daily at the yoga workshop with Mary and Ty and Richard, that has been a huge ability to That was your wisdom. Pause. See, that's simple devotion. Mm-hmm. You took your spiritual practice. That's how we started this conversation. Mm-hmm. As soon as, and not everybody can do that. That's a sign of your evolution, that mm. your soul knows that, oh my God, we're not mm. here to play. Yeah. Like, don't let me out of this. Tell me somebody I have to go see and I have to go practice with. That's why AA works. Put me mm. in a group with people, make me accountable to them, and I'd be able to stay honest. Because we're all stupid, slippery, little, unconscious, miserable munchkins <laughs> that want to hurt ourselves. Mm. Who made that design up? I can't get over the design of the human condition. Why are we mean to people? Hmm. Why can't we just be kind at first impulse? Do you ever watch two kids elbow each other, grab the candies, push them? It's instinctual. So that's where we have compassion. We go, oh my God, I'm doing that human thing again. Like my sweetie and I have a bump. And then I catch myself and I go back and I say to him, I'm so sorry, that was just wrong. And he goes, you're okay, honey. As hmm. soon as we can say we're sorry, but I can't ever pretend my human hmm. doesn't come and sneak up and do the weirdest yeah. and say the weirdest hmm. things and... It's criticize myself in the mirror. You get 60 and there's this age thing that happens. And you start looking at your face and you're like, why are we doing this? But mm. it's so hard. to You can't tell the ego to stop. It's like, it, I always wonder who pays them. They work overtime. In the middle of the night, your mind and your ego kick in. Mm. Worry, 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 worry. When you bring up those two boys bustling with each other, are you familiar with a man named Amir Magal? He's the creator of Tribal Markers. Um, hopefully you'll be able to experience that in your own one day. It's a, a beautiful tradition of adorning the body. And Amir has traveled around the country with Wanderlust Festival and so many other festivals, tribal markings. So it's a clay and you adorn the body. It's really beautiful. There's some old markings on myself. And um, there's this photo of these two young boys holding tribal markers and they're bumping their foreheads with each other, closing their eyes. And it's just like the new shift of children. This is the good news. So you are, you're the voice of the good news. And that's what happened last night. And we need you. And don't matter, it doesn't matter the numbers. It doesn't matter the size. You keep doing this. And everyone listening, yeah. pretend that you're the change agent. That while numbers don't matter, it's vibration. Mm. That if enough of us change, the, there's only 5% of the brain that's operating conscious. We only need 5% of us to choose to be putting our foreheads together and remembering the ways of the old. Astrology is an ancient science. Astrology is, yoga is an ancient science. The two of them are the two oldest, think about it. It's Egyptian astrology. Yoga is thousands of years old. And we're now returning to the elders and saying, now what was it again you were saying? Because we got a little distracted on the way. But we really want to come back. Mm. That's why I'm so excited about bringing astrology to the masses. Like This is an ancient memory. Every newspaper, every magazine, every YouTube, every astrology is everywhere because we all know, just like we knew about yoga, we'd look at them and go, that's weird. Then we do the posture because I'm old enough to remember. And then suddenly you're like, why do I feel so good at the end of this class? That's how you feel at the end of a good astrology reading. Why do I feel so seen? I suddenly feel understood. Wow, you mean I'm not a mistake? I'm not doing it where this is so good to know. Mm. And that's the funnest part for me of my students is they then learn how to give it to others. It's like teaching yoga teachers. And they start teaching, and they start giving readings, and they start making money. You make way more money being an astrologer than you do a yoga teacher. You get $100 an hour, $150 an hour, and you can do three of those in a day. 
Wow. So people can really, and, and we supply this because I've got, I, people can't afford me all the time. So I refer them to all my best students. And these stars are showing up, literally. These women wow. and men from all over, from Australia, they're, they're all, they want to learn astrology in a practical way that's not um, woo-woo. Wow. I don't like woo-woo. And then my kids said to me, I have two boys and they were like, mom, you're an astrologer. You keep saying you don't like woo-woo. I was like, oh, astrology is woo-woo? I don't think of it as woo-woo, but then I got their point. <laughs> That's funny. That's <laughs> well, I'm also a psychotherapist. I do have a master's in clinical psychology, so I didn't just skate over the practical world, mm-hmm. but it is woo-woo. And, I, and my point was I don't believe in woo-woo. I really want people that are listening to this to consider what's the practical application to yoga. You're changing the frequency of the planet. Every time you enter into Shavasana and you complete a class, you've just entered another, you just dropped one more calm into our zeitgeist. Mm. And boy, do we need that right now. Yeah. Hmm. Good pause. Yeah, feel the calm go out into the zeitgeist because you're listening and because you want to know about yourself and because you're fascinated with yoga and you are one of the tribe. You wouldn't be sitting here listening right now if you aren't part of our family. And don't disregard the simple, small contribution you're making as you get on your mat. What a nice feeling. What a nice thought. Mm. You don't have to be a rock star to be a star. How about that? Everybody's a star. You don't have to be a rock star to be a star. You all came in through a star constellation. I'll make that a good one-liner. That's a good one. You don't have to be a rock star to be a star. You are a star. Everybody is. To see that from our starship (laughs) to other starships. And don't you see that when you look at somebody, I can so see it in you, the shiny ones. You meet someone, you go, whoa, Nelly, they're so being themselves. They're so being their chart. You don't need to know astrology to know when you meet someone who's completely embodying their unique frequency. Mm. All I do is put words to it. Mm. Wow, thank you. In transitioning a little bit, a few more questions. Tell us about your book. Yeah. My book. So it's called The Missing Element, and the subtitle is Compassion for the Human Condition. That's what's missing. It's uh, In the middle of the book is a personality test that you take to figure out which one of the four elements you're missing. Then you read that chapter. And I gave you a brief encounter in the earlier here, water, air, earth, and fire, the four elements. Um, and essentially the book talks about prophecy, that the planet is going through a very difficult moment to be predicted. It was not a surprise to the prophets that we would reach this critical point where everything would break. So this election is clearly on schedule. As weird as it is, it's not a surprise that the empire is crashing. And in the midst of the crash, you have to figure out your contribution. And the book supplies a very concrete um, directive. When you miss the missing element, if you're missing water, you've got to go learn to be still. If you're missing air, you've got to learn to talk. If you're missing earth, you've got to take care of money. If you're missing fire, you've got to get sex and juju and energy back. So you figure out what's missing, and there's directives. And I've heard, I've gotten some really good feedback. It took forever to write, and now they is, want me to write Where is this. it available? On Amazon. We sure to link it. Yeah, for awesome. sure. And it's also available in Barnes & Noble. It was published. In, Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's so exciting. We'll definitely link that. And my website, you can see Sting talk about it. It was so cute what Sting said. It's not all this gobbledygook in the stars. <sighs> Deborah seemed to make it so practical. <laughs> well, thanks, Sting. Thank you, Sting. 
Wow. Well, Deborah, thank you so much for such an insightful and powerful and uh, uh, you're such a wisdom keeper of astrology and you embody yoga in such a beautiful form as a student and this teacher role that you, you so fearlessly and authentically take on to share with so many people. That's so, my promise, yeah. Thank you so much, Deborah. It's such a pleasure. It's my pleasure. And my website, do you want to give them? Yes, They'll be please. on the link. Tell Deborah, us your website. It's D-E-B-R-A, Deborah Silverman Astrology. And if you're interested in the class, you just press learn, and down will come all the information about the and astrology. we'll have all that link on the podcast and on our website, Yoga Great. Revealed. Thank you, Alex. Thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you, Deborah. Namaste. Namaste. Yoga Revealed. What a special treat this has been to have Deborah share with us her life's dharma, her journey, sharing the wisdom of astrology as it pertains to you. You can get a reading from Deborah by emailing silvermansupport at gmail.com and mentioning Yoga Revealed podcast in the subject line. I have personally had two readings in the last two years and they have been so transformative, providing clarity and direction to move forward with greater conviction. And if you want to learn how to decode and read astrology for yourself, your friends, and further navigate this life, Deborah has an amazing six-week course for you. Follow the link in the view description tab of the iTunes podcast or visit yogarevealed.com and click on Deborah's episode to watch her informative videos informing you about her astrological training. Learn how to read birth charts from a master in her trade. Yoga Revealers, it is always such a pleasure to be bringing inspiring conversations to you all for the greater good of self-inquiry and deepening the interest in studying yoga. This is Alec Vishal Rubin coming to you from beautiful Boulder, Colorado. And wherever you are, may your day be blessed. And then remember, the universe is always supporting us. Until next time, namaste. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.